The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, well, look who it is. Hey, Gord Hey, good afternoon. Beautiful drive-in. It's plus five. Everybody's I stopped at the gas station here to check the air in my tires. <laughs> I thought I'd sneak out a bit. Everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. No complaints. I, uh, I stopped last night on the way home. We were done a little bit early for the Oilers game. Of course, we got one point uh, in that overtime loss last night to, uh, to Boston. happy Boston. about that. <laughs> and um, I managed to get my car washed because it was an absolute disaster. A uh, few things make me happier than to have a nice, clean car. You get the inside done too? No, I, I usually keep the inside. The inside pretty is pretty good. clean. Yeah, yeah, the inside is pretty clean. But having said that, um, and then I'm thinking, okay, well, it's just going to get mucky again. But that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. No, but enjoy it while it lasts. There was no lineup to get the yeah. the dry uh, through the, the car wash last night, which was awesome. But yeah, I think people are just starting to get a little, uh, you know, we're almost at the ed- edge of uh February. Yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, March, that means, you know, spring's almost oh, here. We're, we're getting there, and I can tell because I was out uh, yesterday, I shoveled, and then today I snow blowed just to kind of <laughs> clean up what I couldn't get with a shovel. And I was really, you know, I got six feet. Uh, oh, yeah. The, from the whole winter. Yeah. And now you just kind of go, okay, I don't care if it's down to the cement or not. Yeah. Because the end's in sight. Well, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of snow out at our place as well. And uh, yay, thank you, City of Edmonton. You, uh, they, they bladed they did. They got uh, to out it. our area yesterday. Um, and which, well, it was the first plows from the, 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 the storm kind of on the weekend, the snow yeah. on the weekend. And then they came through and bladed, which was absolutely great. Um, but it's hard. Like we have um, kind of, gravel into a cement pad uh, driveway so you always have to be careful when you're snow blowing because you're, yeah. you're shooting rocks, rocks in the air all over the place. Yeah, make sure there's no cars and windows around and well it's nice that they're getting to it. I was down visiting my sister-in-law and uh, down on 17th Street and uh, you couldn't, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago we just got back from the Azores and a little mm-hmm. holiday and I couldn't believe it. You could hardly, even with my truck, yeah. I almost flipped over trying to get through the rut. So uh, I think she said hers has been done too. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, snow coming up just after 2.30. Uh, there's that letter, that anonymous letter that mm-hmm. um, uh, the city councillors receive allegedly from someone who works in, in the office complaining about the snow removal, about uh, the poor <laughs> mor- morale uh, in yeah. that office. So we're going to talk about that. But Aaron Paquette is also asking for a pilot project looking at a revamp of... Um, of snow removal well, in never, Edmonton. I've never heard so many complaints. Like last year, the year before, the year before that, nobody complained. And we didn't get as much snow this year. No, it's not as much snow this year, but I wonder if it has to do just with the calcium uh, we'll get the chloride. Snow. Well, calcium chloride as well, but just the way it's been, it's been cold, 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 and then it kind of warms up and it gets all slushy and it creates those Oatmeal ruts like, which yep. cause issues, right? But Aaron Paquette is, is proposing... Um, what he's calling um, a residential, like a full-on residential program. So not just looking at the big roads, the big roads, yeah. but you're getting in here and you're doing that, and uh, you know even sidewalks. Like, huh. What does that look like? Wow, a city councillor with common sense. What's going on? <laughs> so we'll talk with him, Perfect. and then we'll talk with Mike Nickel yeah. uh, just afterwards to I get like to what he what yeah. he thinks. Well, you know, Mike. He's sh- always got something good to say. He shoots straight from the hip. He does. He, uh, he's yeah. like, mm, going to do it this way. Yep. And that's it. So, but yeah, it's uh, and you know we get talking about snow, and some people are like, hey, it's not any worse than it has been in years past. We just all forget about it, and yeah, you get stuck in the back alley at your place, but maybe if you get out and kind of. You 
know, shovel it yeah. down a little bit, that will help too. But yeah, just there are there certainly have been a lot of complaints. Well, it is bizarre because I know we had that on a couple nights ago. Uh, Phil was telling Darlington was telling us that uh, yeah, we we don't have near as much snow as we've mm-hmm. had years past. I came up from the Winter Games uh, from Airdrie on. I got home on Sunday, and the fields are quite yeah. dry. You get down around Bowden, Innisfil, and it's going to be another dry year for farmers because it's just not a lot of snow out there. Well, between Calgary and Banff, when I was so I was out in Lake Louise, I'm seeing that Peace Officers Conference and driving back, dry, dry, dry through that, you know, is it Dead Man Flats? Yeah, right. Uh, all through that, coming uh, back into Calgary. Pretty windswept and yeah, dry. Pretty yeah, pretty windswept, but it was tricky because uh, the roads going down were pretty, pretty um, clear until you got to just before Bowden, and I don't know if there was something going on with the little lip there, and someone had told me that little stretch, I yeah. don't know if it's... If it's a, you know, if if it um, it's a depression or whatever it is, but tends to be issues the there with icy roads. Yeah, it's icy also roads. the same the same in the summer because I take my motorcycle. Yeah. Down. If I'm zipping into the mountains and I want to get down to Canmore, I'll just take yeah, the, cut across and cut right down there. Every time I get into that Innisfil Bowden, I remember one year I was going down. It was just like the the clouds looked like grapes <laughs> hanging there, and sure enough, they just opened up. And mm-hmm. I remember going underneath somewhere by Olds, maybe underneath an overpass, just to get out of the rain. And then, uh, well, this turns into another story, but not to name <laughs> drop. But then I don't know if any of your listeners will remember this band or this guy. But then I looked across the way, and uh, there's another guy in a, on a Harley across, and he's taking refuge too. So we both walked across to say hello and wait till the rain, and it was Kelly J from uh, Crowbar. From Crowbar? Remember Crowbar? <laughs> they were a great uh, 70s Canadian okay. rock band, and he was just out for a ride. He lived down in Canmore, I guess. We were heading to a music awards show, and anyway, just blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But anyway, that's where we took refuge, and it's always in that area, and I've done that before. Got hailed on in that area on the motorcycle. Yeah, you got to stop, get under the overpass yeah. till it's over. Yeah, and it was like no face mask either, so yeah, it right. hurt like hell. Yeah, keeps you awake, but <laughs> yeah. it hurts. Yeah. It does, but yeah, just that little tricky area, and I know there's a lot of uh, truckers and a lot of folks yep. that... Uh, drive that all the time and I just uh, yeah I'm guessing that they see it on the way there and on the way back Uh, so there was a a semi that was jackknifed Hmm. on the way down and then on the way back um, so Lacombe area yeah just before you know the Lacombe area so kind of that you know stretch same thing there was another semi that was uh, uh, tipped right over there yeah you got to watch it in there for sure Mm -hmm. for planning anything in the winter spring fall whatever I love that story out of Hythe was it yesterday about those bison that oh, were yeah. in the back of a of a trailer? They were being hauled somewhere, stops at a at a gas yeah. station, and, and they, they bust escaped. out. They're still at large, aren't they? Yeah, well, they've got I think eight or nine of them, but there there were still a few at large, and they're saying, "Hey, be careful, drivers! Well, yeah, you know, you, you come around the buffalo. corner, come Only around in the corner." <laughs> That's awesome. That reminds me of the Azores when we were there. You had to really watch it coming around a corner. You never think there's going to be cows, yeah. huge cows. They were everywhere uh, in Portugal and on the island. Really? So you come around the corner up on the volcano thinking, what, do these cows have like two legs shorter than the other? They're all standing on a hill. They all look like they're quite comfortable. Really? Eh? And you come around the corner and they're just wandering around. So you had to really Doing their thing. It. Yeah. Doing their thing. Kind of like those uh, bison. <laughs> I have a friend of mine who hit a cow riding his motorcycle. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, I had a friend who hit a moose and that yeah. didn't turn out well. Well, he somehow amazingly, anyway, yeah, he, okay. he amazingly yeah. survived, but uh, covered in 
Cow went right through blood him. went right pretty much went right through him and um just then was terrified like what what happened he's just covered and everything but yeah, yeah just kind of makes me wonder again about getting on that oh, motorcycle i saw you posted a picture of the old, the old victory he's got a lot of dust on it it does I <laughs> it does are you gonna dust lot. that thing off and go for a ride i uh yes i am going are to you? uh put insurance back on it this Good. year and, and get back on it then. yeah um still and we've talked about it need to get uh need to get the fella a bike but just a starter bike i just need a go on the back oh i took that seat off oh did you put him on the gas tank <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no thanks no thanks no i want him to get his own and uh get out there and and do that just kind of has get he ever ridden entry. before he's taken the course but that's it oh, okay so, so he's familiar with the clutch and the brake yeah. and the if we're just out you know around our place or you know out the back way calmar yeah. devon you know that uh that's a that lot nice of fun ride. just yeah putt around but everyone's starting to talk about it now because spring is almost here i know it is you can it feels like it right now Mm. We already, it was like supposed to be plus two. We're already, we've already blown by that. I think we're at plus six. Uh, Gord Steinke checking in this afternoon for his weekly Thursday visit. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk about some of the things making news this week. It's been a busy one. Busy. Number of you texting in about uh, motorcycle riding. John says, my family will never do motorcycles. I've bagged up too many body parts, notified too many parents and spouses about their deceased loved ones. I don't get how it's worth the risk to each their own, I guess. Yeah, you got to watch out for everybody when you're on a bike, that's for sure. I mean, I seem to be just swiveling my head around constantly when I don't trust anybody coming towards me. And I'm, you know, I've, I've been uh, knocked down, but never yeah. seriously injured on a bike. So luckily... And you've been, ri- you've been riding a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since I was about 15, yeah. I guess. Motorcycles have been a huge part of my life. It's my... Uh, my big hobby. You got attacked by the wasps. Bees I've been, once. I've been stung on a bike twice now. One got up <laughs> underneath my helmet and stung, and I'm allergic to bee stings oh, or bees. So I got stung once, and then by the time I got into Jasper's, I could barely get my helmet oh, my off. Oh, gosh. And the other time, it hit me on my, my wrist. Yeah. And then we had an EpiPen, which was lucky. So. But you've not. And, and here's the thing. Um, I'm not comfortable riding my motorcycle <clears throat> in the city anymore. I'm not. I, I did for a little bit. I, I, I'm just. Yeah, I drive it to work, I'm but I'm not, on the white mud here and then You're white mud straight in, and, yeah. and that's kind of it. And, you know, I'd come in the Henday to all the way up that way. And, you know, sometimes I think, oh, okay, that's, that would be a nice drive. But sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm so wound up afterwards, Don't didn't, didn't want to do it anymore. I just like get, getting on my bike after work. Yeah, right. And go the on out reliever. the back ways. You know, out uh, you know towards Devon Highway towards Tomahawk. Genesee or Tom, Tom whatever it you go is. Go out to yeah. Tomahawk, and then yeah, and all of a sudden you you forget what your your whole day just slips away. If it's a nice sunset and yeah, but you, you come know, home safe and there's no bees. <laughs> <laughs> but you see people. <laughs> it doesn't buffalo. matter, no, or buffalo, and you see people though uh, riding, and it doesn't matter if it's um, in on motorcycles, in cars that drive like jerks mm-hmm. that make it difficult for uh, the other cars or the other motorcycles on the road. Oh, absolutely, my days are going on white. Avenue to check things out on a bike. Oh, no. Long, that's long gone. Mm-mm. I would Or Jasper Mm-mm. Avenue. Forget about Mm-mm. it. No, thank I you. I feel it's nervous, nerve-wracking enough in my truck. <laughs> let alone on a bike, you know. Um, what have you... I mean, we've been watching what's been going on over the past yes, uh, couple of weeks with uh, the wet sweating and um, the, the pl- blockade yesterday. Yeah, yesterday was a crazy news that day in the newsroom. was... Odd. It was very odd. It started off uh, like so many of the other blockades across the province, and then, as uh, as you know, I mean, it, it ended just as quickly as it as it uh, started. But it it ended not because of police or federal government interference, no. because uh, 
people in the community got together and yeah. said, enough's enough. Um, my families are affected by the railroad blockade. There's, there's perishables in those trains that have to go into my aunt's grocery store and get moving so they put a pickup truck in and and they took it down themselves so i mean that could be dangerous too well and that and that's the thing are short these days i know a lot of some of my texts were like hey we have our new hawaiian shirt guy and you know not all heroes wear capes that's you know on the text line this afternoon but but exactly you have to be careful but if you look at it at first blush i mean it seems like the rcmp aren't moving in and if they did at the number of blockades not just the one we had here but Mm -hmm. across the country you think um would that end as peacefully and you know would it would it end without anybody getting hurt maybe community you know this happened before i think out in vancouver islands yeah. the community got together and they'd taken down one of these blockades just to get the rail line moving because it's kind of holding it's holding the country hostage well there's there's a lot of people saying why aren't the police doing anything why is the federal government doing anything what about uh, military why can't we just send that send them in well we're nowhere near that point no. uh, right now this but, is an oka standoff well and here's the thing you know you think of oka you think of Ipperwash yeah. and terrible what happened there so but listen to this anything this, to avoid that exactly sarah manville is a lawyer she uh, works with first nations as legal counsel she's a strategic advisor and negotiator in 2014 she was actually elected to a term as uh, the chief of the Kuchiching First Nation in Ontario. She's advised First Nations on their own cannabis control laws as well in 2018 and 2019. She sat down with Global's Mercedes Stevenson and was asked if the federal government can direct the RCMP to arrest the protesters. Mm. Take a listen. No, no. Then uh, they also, also should not do this. We've learned this through uh, conflict here in Ontario, uh, the Ipperwash conflict, where, of course, the premier demanded uh, using an expletive to get First Nations people out of a Ipperwash park. And so we know from that that it's really important to keep the politics out of these uh, conflicts, but also um, to keep the independence of the police force so that it doesn't become an arm of the state, but in fact, is keeping the peace for everyone. All right, so that's what she had said there. And then Mercedes asked her, uh, Mercedes asked her then, uh, since the government can't order the RCMP to arrest people, can they order them not to arrest people? Mm-hmm. Take a listen. Yes and no. I think uh, once you have the court order with the with the injunction, so it becomes an operational decision of the RCMP in the case of the art, uh, in case of the Wet'suwet'en. Um, so uh, if there is, the, so there's probably a constant discussion going on. I've actually been part of a, a, of a protest where we were actually blockading. Uh, we had a toll booth. It wasn't a blockade. We had a toll booth on a highway, and there was constant meetings between the political leadership and officials both with the policing force and uh, government officials they were calling in by conference call from Canada and Ontario and uh, I'm certain that's happening with the wet Sweden and I'm certain that the operational decisions are being made on a day-to-day basis so if certain things happen for example if coastal gas link says we want this resolved in a peaceful way. Let's start meeting with the Wet'suwet'en. Let's see what can be done by Canada and BC being at the table. Then it might become more of the situation like what's happening with CN, where there's uh, uh, meetings happening, discussions happening, and there's no enforcement and there's no police on the ground except for sort of um, as invited uh, meetings just to check the the pulse uh, of what's happening on the ground and make, making sure that in fact the peace is being kept um, so that that could 
potentially be something, a way to um, de-escalate. Uh, what's happening in BC. So one of the things is, and I think one of the things, Gord, that a lot of Canadians are frustrated uh, at is that we don't know exactly what is happening. Uh, the government hasn't come out and said these are the steps that we're taking at yeah, this it, point. It, and it, I, is I it also, a federal jurisdiction? Is it a, is it a provincial well, jurisdiction? Or is it a municipality? Yeah. And, and it, right now it looks like the federal government is trying to push it off on either the provinces or the municipalities and say local police forces may be taken into your hands, but you think there would be, but that's because all the different lands are different uh, sort of jurisdictions. Yeah. So it's very complicated it to is. have a blanket rule, I guess. And, I, and I don't think that um, it's ever a great idea to negotiate in public, right? I right. mean, you know, uh, companies don't do Absolutely. that. People don't do no. that. But I think as Canadians... Um, we expect to hear more from the government about what steps are being taken. We're just hearing the same talking points over and over again. Well, that now it's getting, we're doing it, the best we can. We're trying yeah. to initiate the dialogue, all that sort of thing. And, the, and so. what the protest is about is getting blurred because there's some yes. protesters in Ontario that are saying, well, it's really not about pipelines. It's about Indigenous rights. Yes. So then out here, it's about, well, we don't support the pipeline. So now it gets confusing. Like, what is the protest about? And uh, and, and who are the... the hit, mm. Who should we be talking to? And what mm-hmm. are the issues that the officials should... It's a no-win situation right now. It's pretty tough. And, uh, you know, I just hope it all resolves peacefully because that court injunction yesterday, the judge ruled that CN didn't have anything to do with the pipeline so that that blockade was... uh not going to go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, federal ministers responsible for Indigenous affairs say they're really looking forward to and wanting to speak with the hereditary Wet'suwet'en chiefs from northern BC. Uh, they're happy to do it while they're close to Ottawa because they are actually, they are in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, they are um, traveling to visit the Mohawks at Tyandanega in Ontario, in, in Ontario and Ganawake in Quebec who are supporting their fight. So apparently there's going to be a ceremony being held tomorrow and they're hopeful that there might be some conversation at that point. The other question then is too is who exactly do they want to talk to? Do they want to talk to the Prime Minister? Or do they want to talk to the like the premiers of their province? Yes. Or do they want to talk to the mayors in their communities that, that they're yeah. affecting? And in the meantime, all these freight cars are sitting on the yes. on the sidelines and Via Rail has temporarily laid off over a thousand workers right now. It is a mess. Yeah, and we'll listen to this one today too. Uh, the Atlantic Container Line diverting ships from the port of Halifax to the U.S. because of the rail blockades. They're saying that, you know what, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to send goods to a port where they can't be put on trains and to get to their final destination. And the other thing, think of the ramifications for Canadian businesses that are trying to get their goods oh. out of the country into market. Think about a farmer's through here. Well, I know. My, yeah. my nephew uh, works at the seed plant by Terra out of Melfort, and uh, they're at a standstill. They said, what's the point of going to work? We yeah. can't move any grain. But also just, relo- just businesses, industrial, manufacturing, mm-hmm. How is this going to affect when this does get resolved? Are these countries that get buy our goods, are they going to go, well, we don't want to take a chance. That might happen again. This could well, affect that's this it. for decades. Exactly. Well, yeah, and that was the concern. I heard that uh, in an interview this morning say this isn't just an immediate thing. No. Is when we're looking to say, okay, Canada is a good place to do business. It's open for business. Is this really showing that? But um, and they're also saying things, you know, we've heard talk about propane, even things like toilet paper. Sure. That could, you know, within the next week or so uh, start seeing shortages so um, it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting one to continue to watch I don't think it's going to um, well makes me happy I'm not a politician trying to figure out the best way to end this because I'll tell you that's that's a tough job magically it's not going to magically disappear overnight that's for sure all right my friend have a good one